Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's word. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 and 30. This is Jesus speaking, and it says this. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus said, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We're going to begin a new series today. It will take us through the month of November, the Lord willing, called Easy as Pie. Easy as Pie. Lord, over these next few moments, just pray that your heart will be displayed and people be invited uh, to experience following Christ as you envisioned it to be. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Now, how many of you plan on Thanksgiving Day or Thanksgiving weekend to have some pie? Anybody? Oh, my goodness. It's a lot of pie. A lot of pie represented here. I, I made the decision to start early. And so... Um, just let you look at that right there. Okay, all right, all right. I, I decided to start early. I'm, you know, you got to get in shape for Thanksgiving. You can't just show up. You can't just show up and expect to perform well. You need to get into shape. And so I have a piece of pie here, and, and it's actually a French silk pie that Lacey made last evening. Whoo! Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now, you might be saying, Pastor Keith, are you going to sit there and eat that entire pie in front of us? And I would say, that would be so cruel. I am definitely not going to do that. Not the whole pie. You know, one thing I love about this is that the chocolate is not like a real, like a, more of a liquidy or a pudding. You know, some pies are like that. You could eat it with a spoon. Cool. Um, what I like about this, besides the huge chocolate chunks that are shaved over this pie, is that there's like a consistency to the chocolate. It's, it's more of a solid. You know what I'm saying? You can appreciate that, right? <laughs> now, as I'm eating this, if I'm just honest, I would say that some of the words that are coming to mind are enjoyable exhilarating, engaging, satisfying, can't get enough, some of the words that come to mind. I want to ask you, as you've thought about following Christ and as you've looked back on your journey of following Christ, or as you're here today, maybe you're considering following Christ, are those words that you would use to describe following Christ? Engaging, enjoyable, exhilarating, satisfying, but yet can't get enough are those words that you would use to describe following Christ. Another word that I would use that comes to mind as I'm eating just a little bit of this, kind of in front of you, I feel bad a little bit, um, is that it's, it's just easy. It's just so easy to eat this pie. Has anyone found it difficult to eat a pie? No, it's, it's not hard to eat it. It's hard to stop eating it. Think about this. As you consider following Christ and your journey of following Christ, have you ever used that word to describe following Christ? Easy. It's easy. 
Interestingly, Jesus used that word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Let me read this whole text to you. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Easy and light. Like what is Jesus talking about here? Is that really how it is to be in following Christ? Is it easy and light? And if so, I'm sure there are a lot of us in this place to be like, give me a piece of that pie, right? I want some of that. And what I want to submit to you even this morning as we head into this series is that what Jesus offers is better than you can imagine. That what Jesus offers is maybe not exactly what you had thought, but what he offers is something that can literally change your life promises that his yoke will be easy and his burden is light. And in this, this small passage that we have in Matthew chapter 11, as we're given this, this like uh, front row sideline hearing of Jesus as he was speaking to his disciples and those that were around him, he, we see that he offers three invitations to the people that were there today and offers every single one of us the same invitations. The invitation to come, the invitation to take my yoke Upon you and the invitation to learn from me. Jesus said, learn from him. So come, take, learn. Today we're going to really center in on the second one, take. Take my yoke upon you. And you might be wondering, like, what is a yoke? It's an agricultural term. There, there are some farmers a part of this congregation, but many here are not farmers. And uh, you might be very unfamiliar with that term. I want you to know that I am not unfamiliar with the term yoke. And uh, you might wonder, was, did, did I grow up on a farm? Or maybe my grandparents were farmers, and so I was around uh, farming equipment. No, I really wasn't. I really wasn't. But, but when I was a kid, I watched every single episode of Little House in the Prairie. And so there are certain things about farming, I feel like I'm somewhat of an expert in it. <laughs> Joking, but I did get to see a yoke. A yoke, many of you know, is a heavy wooden bar that was placed on two animals in order for them to work together to pull heavy plows or other heavy farming equipment. This imagery was used often in the Old Testament. Most often it was used to describe the yoke of slavery and oppression that was on the Israelites at times when they rebelled against God. And then in Jeremiah, chapter 5, speaks of the yoke being the law. That heaviness on them, described as a yoke. It was the law that many times the Israelites were trying to rebel against. And they're trying to get away from it because they wanted to live like the ungodly nations. You see, the law was given to the Israelites after they came out of Egypt on Mount Sinai. And for the Israelites, this law had purpose, so much purpose. It enabled them to, to learn how to live. They had lived as slaves for 400 years. So that just to learn how to live practical things that would help keep them healthy, that would uh, help keep them safe. It, it was uh, filled with um, advice and counsel and commandments on how they were to live separate from their ungodly neighbors. Just, just straight through there, it would give them guidelines on how they are to live. Because God didn't want them being like those who were rebelling against God. He wanted them to be the people of God. But also uh, the law had 
just infused with purpose, the goal of the Israelites through the law, coming to know that God is perfectly holy, perfectly holy, perfectly holy. But this law that the Israelites were carrying was heavy. It was daunting. Here's why we think of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. But stemming from the Ten Commandments, uh, some would say that in the Torah, in the law of Moses, so uh, those first few books of the Bible, that there are 613 commandments. 613 commandments stemming from the Ten Commandments, which uh, we're all aware of. We know that uh, internally, even if you never read a Bible, that, uh, you know, what? There shall be no other God before me. Uh, God says, God says, do not lie, do not steal, honor your father and mother, etc., etc., etc. All of these other commandments stemmed from those. Now, I want us to do a little inventory today right now. I just want a show of hands for any of you who would join me in raising your hand and saying, at some time in your life, you lied. Sometime in your life, you lied, you embellished the truth, you stretched the truth, white lie, whatever, whatever. You lied. Okay, it looks like pretty much everybody raised their hand. How many of you would join me, uh, and we're not proud of this, but you've taken something from someone else before. You've stolen. You've taken something that was someone else's, and you took it for your own. In James chapter 2, it says... This, which was a reference to the Old Testament, that if anyone breaks even one commandment, they are guilty of breaking all of them. Ouch! 613. Well, it was just one. The notion that we are somehow good in and of ourselves, that we could somehow earn right relationship with God, we can just throw out the window right now. And the Israelites, the Jewish people, were living with this. They were carrying this day in, day out, this heavy pressure, this daunting challenge to do all 613 commandments to a T every single day. But instead of it getting any better, it actually got worse for the Jewish people. According to one source that I read, over time the Jewish leaders began to slowly add to the 613 laws. The original intent of these additions was to clarify the 613 so that it was more understandable as if it needed to be. But what happened is that these Jewish scholars, in trying to clarify these commandments, actually created literally thousands of more commandments. I'll give you an example. In the Mosaic Law, the Ten Commandments, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. In other words, the Jewish people were not to do work on Saturday in order to consecrate that day as a day of rest to the Lord, just like God rested from his work on the seventh day in creation. And so these Jewish religious leaders um, said, well, we need to clarify this. And so they, they came up with 39 categories to clarify what work means. Meaning 39 categories of what you're not supposed to do. And then to clarify that, they then from those 39 categories made other Many, many, many other subcategories until it came to a point where there were literally thousands of commandments just for Saturday. Just for that one day. A couple examples would be that there were only a certain amount of steps that they were allowed to take. Now, God didn't say that. These Jewish religious leaders came up with this over time. 
Also, they could only write a certain amount of words down on the Sabbath. After that, it's work. After just a few words. Literally thousands and thousands of more commandments and more laws that were added on the backs of the Jewish people. Now, have you ever been so far behind in an athletic contest or an academic contest or, or maybe a board game at home? You were so far behind that you were like, it is pointless. You look at the points and you're like, cannot believe my little kid is beating me this bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's that bad, that lopsided, that much of a lost cause that you're ready to just walk away. One of my kids, I won't say who they are, when he is losing really, really, really bad in a game, and I'm trying not to smile, he'll say, this game is stupid. And he just wants to walk away. And I started doing that too. I was like, that feels really good. Kind of gives you a sense of control. I'm a loser, but they're not going to get the win. They're not going to, you know. Okay, I've done that a couple times. But my point is we all probably all know what that feels like to be so far down that there's no way we can get back up. There's no way. And for the Jewish people, it was more than a board game. This was life. Not only that, this was being right with God or not being right with God. And every morning when they woke up, they felt the pressure, the daunting, cumbersome load of all of these commandments and all of these laws. And they realized it was a lost cause. There's no way. There is no way on earth that I'm going to be able to measure up today. And they felt this day in, day out. The reality was the law could never save them. The law could never. And that was the reality that God was trying to get across to them, that there is no way on God's green earth that they were ever going to do enough to measure up to the holiness of God because they kept failing. We all raised our hands, and that was just one of the commandments. There's no way they could ever measure up. Jesus became angry with the religious leaders because they kept adding things to them. Matthew 23, you read about this, and he, he's like, man, you're, just, you're putting this cumbersome load on people, making it even more difficult, and you don't even offer a finger to help them. But this law was showing them that they could not attain to the holiness of God on their own. And it was showing them that they needed a Savior. And when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, as was the plan from the very beginning, Jesus Christ came. And he was born of a virgin and he grew up in wisdom and favor and stature with God and man. And then he, 30 years of age, began the ministry of preaching and teaching and healing and delivering people from demonic oppression. And people are like cluing in like, well, what's going on here? This is different. We haven't seen this before. Then we get to Matthew chapter 11 when, when Jesus begins to talk to them about a yoke. And they understood yoke. Not just because they were farmers, some of them, but they understood yoke because they had been carrying it for centuries. The heaviness of the teaching of the rabbis of their day. The heaviness of all of these rules and regulations. And Jesus comes along and says, hey, um, take my yoke upon you. And, and what Jesus was talking about was so countercultural to the Jewish people. Choke, I mean, things that Jesus was saying had, had not ever been said before. And as Jesus is, is, is sharing with them, sharing his life and his, the message from the Father, he, he's showing them a different way. And what he was doing, he was ushering in a new covenant, a new way of interacting with God. 
Before it was a covenant of pedigree, it was the Abrahamic covenant. If you were connected or related to Abraham, you were around Abraham, you were going to be blessed. You go all the way back to the book of Genesis. And then when the Mosaic law came, it was the Mosaic covenant, many would call that, where if you perform well, if you perform well, you will get the approval of God. You do good, you get good. So you had the, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant. It's based on pedigree. It's based on performance. And then Jesus comes and starts saying things that they had never heard before. And Jesus starts talking about his yoke, this new covenant that was not based on pedigree and not based on performance. Suddenly it was changed. It was different. It was what all of history was pointing to. And that was it was going to be based on the person of Christ. It was not going to be based on us anymore. It was going to be based on him. And what he was able to accomplish. And when Jesus came, he didn't abolish the law. He didn't abolish the Ten Commandments. He came to fulfill them as the only one who ever lived a perfect, sinless life in the history of the world. And when Jesus was accomplishing this, he began uh, inviting other people to come with him. I love what the message paraphrase shares about this passage. It says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Don't you love that? This covenant that, that Jesus was ushering in was for all those who had ever disappointed God, which was everyone. All those who had thought they had disappointed other people. All those who realized that they didn't have it all together. Those who have weaknesses and faults. Is that any of us? It's all of us. And he brings in this covenant. It wasn't based on pedigree, it wasn't based on performance, it was based on himself, the person of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus is sharing this with uh, the disciples and those that were around him, and as we receive it today, we have to understand that this yoke that Jesus was talking about was very, very, very different than the yoke that they had been bearing. It, in fact, it's very, very different than the yoke that sometimes we carry. The weight of the world on our shoulders, the weight of having to figure everything out, the weight of anxiety, the weight of sin and guilt and condemnation and shame, the weight, 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 weight that all of us have experienced in our life. And some of us, maybe even right now, are experiencing a weight. And Jesus comes and shares that this yoke that he is talking about is different. It is a yoke that is not based on rule keeping, but is based on resting. Completely different to the Jewish ears than anything that they had ever heard before. Jesus is like, it's not based on the rule keeping that you've been trying to do. It's based on resting. It's not based on works. It's based on faith. Ephesians chapter 2 says that when we come to Christ, when we place our faith in Christ, God seats us together with Christ in the heavenly places. He seats us when we are Seated, we are not expending the amount of energy that we would expend if we were standing and definitely walking or running, right? And there are times when we want to accomplish more, we want to do more, we want to, uh, we want to make a difference, we want to 
help people, and, and there's a time for all that, and that's really good. But what Jesus is trying to get across with his yoke is that his yoke doesn't begin with doing, it begins with done. Because he said it is finished when he went to the cross. It doesn't begin with striving, it begins with sitting. Don't you love that about Jesus, that it doesn't begin with, i got to do this, do this, do this, and then God will accept me. It's like, no, God has accepted me. Therefore, I want to do this or this or this to help people, to love people. It completely reversed the cultural mindset and the, uh, the law mindset that the Jewish people were having. That's why they had so much of a struggle trying to get it in, trying to receive that. Because Jesus was bringing something that they had not heard before. It was a yoke that was different. I was looking back in my journal a couple days ago of previous entries, and I happened to notice June 30th. I don't know what's going on June 30th, but on June 30th, I'd written in my journal these words, quote, When I woke up this morning, I asked, what is true? God is on his throne. He has already won. I am loved, and he is aware. That is a really good way to start your day. Before getting out of bed and running and doing and all the lists of things that we have to accomplish and, and uh, the guilt and shame from the previous day or whatever it might be is going through our minds saying, you know what, what is true? As I'm laying in my bed, God is on his throne. He has already won. I'm loved. I'm accepted by him. And he's aware of everything. That's a really good way to start. That is a way of starting with rest rather than rule keeping. With Rest rather than striving. The yoke that Jesus offers is different. It's just different. Yoke that he offered to those people standing around him that day, sitting around him, and the same that he offers to us is a yoke that we were designed to have. It's a yoke that we were designed to have. We were not designed to carry the weight of 613 laws plus thousands of other subcategories clarifying those laws and putting more weight on us. We were not meant to go through life like this, weighed down, beat down. Have you met someone like that before? I have. They're just weighed down, beat down because of life, because of the pressure, because of everything else. We were meant to live like that. God did not create us so that we would fail. He created us so that we would win and experience him in forever relationship with him for all eternity. For those of you who are shoppers, you probably get this feeling of going to a store and you're trying on clothes. And, and I don't know much about this. I, I don't like to shop, but I've heard of people who do this. And you go to the store and maybe you, you find that sweater or that shirt or that dress or those jeans or that whatever. And you put it on and it's like, oh yeah, this fits. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're trying a lot of things, but then there's something that just fits so well. You're like, was this made for me? You ever had that happen before? I'm more of a shoe guy, and so I've had that, you know, whether it's running shoes or it's basketball shoes or it's whatever, that you put them on and you're like, oh, okay. I feel like I can run a marathon right now. The rest of my body's like, you can't do that. But, but my feet are like, let's, let's go. Let's just, we, we could run all day long in these shoes. Or it's basketball, and you're like, man, I could dunk in these things. They're so comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, put that pair of shoes on, and it just fits really, really, really well. See, this yoke that Jesus has for us is 
what we were designed to actually carry. It fits perfectly on us. It's what we were meant to put on. A song that I think is a great song by U2. This is years ago, dating myself. It's called Yahweh. Yahweh being the, the Hebrew name, or in Hebrew, God Almighty, Lord Almighty. There's so much to that. It was called Yahweh, and if you remember the song, you might remember the tune. I'm not going to sing it for you, but the, the words, some of the words are like this. Take these shoes, click clacking down some dead-end street. Take these shoes and make them fit. It's a call to Yahweh. Take this soul, stranded in some skin and bones, take this soul and make it sing. Because he's the only one that can do it. And this yoke that Jesus was ushering in, in this new covenant, was a perfect fit for people then and for people now. It's what we were designed to have. That's why Jesus, in telling the parable of the hidden treasure, said a man went and, and, and saw that there was a treasure in a field. And so he went and sold all that he had. Can you imagine that? He sold all that he had, took that money, and Jesus said, with joy. He's like, he just sold the farm. He sold everything. And with that money, Jesus says, with joy, went and bought that field. Why? Because in that field was a treasure that was worth far more than anything that he just gave up. Jesus says, so is the kingdom of heaven. This yoke that Jesus brings that we were designed to have. A treasure, that pearl that is worth everything else in life. And Jesus also said this yoke that we were designed to have is easy. Easy. Now, if you look up the word easy in a definition online, it's going to be that which is without difficulty. That which is without difficulty. Uh, as an easy as pie, like no big deal, no brainer. It's just easy to just consume. Like I said earlier, eating pie, actually, I forgot about this. Oh, my goodness. If I had a glass of milk right now, I might eat that whole thing. Eating pie is, is easy. It's just difficult to stop. And it was Jesus saying that following Christ is just easy as pie. Just easy as pie. I don't believe so. But I believe what he was saying is that following Jesus, the yoke that Jesus puts on us, so his teaching his rhythm in life, his way of doing things, his calling on us, his yoke on us is more like this. It's delightful. It's enjoyable, pleasurable, exhilarating, full of adventure. That this yoke that he puts on us is good. That's how that word in the Greek is translated in 1 Peter, where Peter says to the people, you have tasted that the Lord is good. How many of you have tasted that the Lord is good? He is good. He is good. Jesus says his yoke is good. It's, it's, it's easy in, in, in terms of it's going to be exactly what fits you. It's going to be exactly what you were Wow, this fits good. This is what you were made for. This is what you were made to experience. 
It's easy in that it's, it's a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. It's easy in that it's a, a peace that's given to you that is able to surpass all understanding. It's a hope that would never disappoint. It's a relationship with God that is not based on your rule keeping. It's based on your being seated with Christ and resting in him. And the reason why this yoke is easy is because it is shared. Remember what a yoke is. It's two animals working together, right, to pull a heavy load. And Jesus, and speaking about a yoke, was getting across this idea that, that it's easy because you're not pulling it or carrying it on your own. Because the yoke of Jesus comes packaged with his presence. His calling in your life comes packaged with his presence. His pursuits for your life comes packaged with his presence, the promise of his presence, the promise that he is with you. And that still blows my mind. I'm sure it does yours as well. <laughs> God of the universe. I was thinking about this yesterday. Were there like 7 billion people or something? I mean, some crazy amount. And God knows every single one by name. And those that have received salvation, they're sitting in Christ, they're, they're resting in him. God is with them. It's like, what? I think God is with me, but God is with so many others that have placed their faith in him. God is with you. You know, it's one thing to pull a tarp of heavy, wet leaves, isn't it? It's another thing if you have help. And Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy. Saying, my, my yoke is easy because it's shared. I am with you. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's do this. That's why Jesus said to people, it's like, don't worry. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. The pagans run after all those things, and the Heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Don't worry. What? Because we're sharing this yoke. Like, it's easy for you because I'm with you. Even with a commission, even with mission, because God has that for every one of us. God promises to be with us. We read that in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things wherever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age. Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. Don't you love that? God sends you out on mission and he promises to be with you. He promises to be with you. From my favorite missions devotional, there's a, there's a segment in it about David Livingston who went to Africa to be a missionary in 1841. Shares that David Livingston faced extreme loneliness after his wife Mary passed away. And after 16 years of living in Africa, he came back to Scotland to give a lecture at the University of Glasgow. One of his arms was useless due to a lion attack. His body was weak due to 27 bouts with malaria. His face was wrinkled. Actually, his entire body was wrinkled because of the hardship of the living conditions that he had endured for so many years. And as he stood up in front of a group of students at the university, a hush crept over the entire student body. David Livingston spoke and he said, Shall I tell you what sustained me? amidst the trials and hardships and loneliness of my exiled life. And he went on. 
It was a promise. The promise of a gentleman of the most sacred honor. It was this promise. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. At Livingston's death, his body was found bent in prayer, kneeling at his bed. His Bible was open to this passage, Matthew chapter 28. And in the margin was a small notation. The word of a gentleman. Jesus' yoke is easy because it's shared. Because Jesus is like this, like, let's go. I'm going to be with you. You're going to experience the rhythms of my grace. You're going to experience my pace of life. You're going to experience my pursuits, what truly is important. And you're going to experience rest. Our passage, Matthew 11 in the Amplified says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace, and I will give you rest. Refreshing your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, renewal, blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. My yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. That's what Jesus puts on us. That which is enjoyable, that which is exhilarating, that which is pleasurable, that which is satisfying. Why? Because he's with us, making it possible. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments.